Hey everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Monday, everybody. Today, we're going to take a look at the new moon in the sign of Virgo and give you a sense of what to expect from the lunar cycle ahead. So as always, I'm going to put this up on the real-time clock and give you a look at it. Here we go. The new moon is coming through right here today. This is September 6th and uh, forming in the sign of Virgo. So we'll just see if we, um, here we can highlight for you. If we look go forward about a day tomorrow, you're going to see the new moons just parting from the sun. So new moon forming in the next 24 hours. Um, and you probably over the weekend, you might've been feeling the kind of balsamic or dark moon energy. It can be um, a good time to go inward a little bit more and rest and relax. And I like purged my my closet and cleaned up my, like cleaned out a bunch of drawers yesterday. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, this makes sense. It's, Moon's in uh, moon's in the dark dark moon phase going into Virgo, and I'm I'm cleaning and shedding sort of shedding layers, and really um, from the standpoint of the Virgo archetype, it's a phase of preparation. You might say, um, in general, the sign uh, loves to prepare for things, whether it's you know the kind of the, the image of someone preparing for a test or an exam, uh, or if it's someone you know, kind of on a more mythological level, preparing for the descent into the underworld where judgments are made. There's um, a kind of crafty, meticulous quality to the sign of Virgo and um, signature of completing things and preparing things and sorting and organizing things. Um, and it's funny how this sign, you know, of course, it's it's not going to be seasonally identical for people in the Southern Hemisphere because you're going to be going about different kinds of seasonal activities down there. But as an archetype, this is a mercury ruled science, very earthy sign. So often you'll find that the um, earthy dimension of mercury, the practical, uh, practical intelligence, the again, kind of very efficient and um, uh, task oriented side of mercury will come out during you know, when any planets are traveling through Virgo, we also have Mars in Virgo right now. It's just completed the opposition to Neptune, which we spent a lot of time talking about last week. Um, what I want to talk about today, though, is the fact that every new moon is hosted by the ruling planet of the new moon itself. So this new moon is hosted by Mercury. And it's really important to see what's going to happen as the lunar cycle develops with the ruling planet of the cycle. So you have a new moon in Virgo, the ruler of the cycle of the sign of Virgo, who will then have a lot of um, power within the cycle is going to be Mercury. And let's see what Mercury does here. So if we take this forward just a little bit, what we're going to see is, first of all, it'll be interesting to watch the sun uh, right around September 13th going through an opposition with Neptune. So next week, we'll be revisiting the oppositions to Neptune that sort of define the month of September, at least the earlier first half of the month. Remember, we had Mercury go through the opposition with Neptune, then we had Mars go through the opposition with Neptune, and we have now the Sun. Um, so we'll be revisiting that Neptune opposition again. But one of the most important things that's happening here is what what is happening to mercury as the cycle goes on so right around the first quarter uh, first quarter moon of the cycle which is usually a pretty critical turning point within the lunar cycle you'll see the sun is squaring 
the moon or the moon and sun are squared here and both are hitting the square in opposition to Neptune. So this is right around the 13th. So our first quarter is um, really engaging the opposition to Neptune and Mercury's pretty quiet at this point, not, not doing a whole lot. But then right after that, things get really interesting because what starts happening is Mercury, first of all, by the 17th, is going to start getting into the engagement within a three-degree range of a square to Pluto. So Mercury starts getting into the square to Pluto, and that really gets going by about the 20th. Even And if you, if you saw my horoscopes at the beginning of the month, I really said September 20th through the end of the month is a big, it's a pretty charged um, dynamic. So here is Mercury squaring Pluto um, September 20th, and um, and it, go, it goes on for a little while because Mercury is starting to slow down to station and retrograde as well. So the 22nd, the, the square is complete. And then what's going to happen is Mercury. And by the way, as this is happening, let's draw it back just a little bit. As Mercury is entering that, that three degree range and squaring Pluto, we also have the full moon coming through in a conjunction with Neptune, so still kind of picking up that Sun-Neptune opposition. So you can see that the full moon kind of hits the conjunction with Neptune and then is full, and that's happening right as Mercury is squaring Pluto. Now remember, Mercury being the ruler of the cycle itself that starts off in the sign of Virgo, where Mercury is both the domicile and exaltation ruler of that new moon. Let's go forward a little bit more. And what we're going to see is by the last quarter, now we're getting into um, Mercury's uh, station and turning retrograde. So here we go. There's Mercury stationing. And boom, there we go. It's There's the last quarter moon coming in through Cancer. And the last quarter moon is, of course, going to be bringing sort of the fruits of the cycle, starting to really take things apart. Things are, things are starting to disintegrate around the last quarter moon. Well, what's happening? Mercury's turning retrograde. And as soon as Mercury turns retrograde, if we drag it forward just a little bit more at the very end of September into the beginning of October, until like October 1st, Mercury's retrograde is hitting Pluto again. Um, at that same time, if we drag this back just a little bit further, right around the um, right around the full moon, just kind of just kind of after the full moon and between the last quarter full moon as Mercury is scoring Pluto for the first time and before it turns retrograde, we've got another really dynamic transit, which is, hey, how about Venus opposing Uranus, right? So it's, it's just a firework display the last 10 days of the month. Let's just summarize it again, kind of, um, you know, piece by piece. We'll go back to the new moon and just walk through it one more time so you guys can see it. So the new moon in Virgo today, September 6th, you could feel it tomorrow into the 7th, and it's in the domicile and exaltation of Mercury. So as the cycle goes on, we get to the first quarter moon, and the first quarter moon features the sun opposing Neptune. So here you can see there's the first quarter moon in Sagittarius. This is by next Monday. Okay, so first part of the cycle is a lot about the opposition with Neptune. And then what's going to happen, we go forward a little bit more. And um, here we go. So then by right around the full moon, as we get into the full moon, then Mercury's pulling into the square with Pluto, the ruler of the cycles pulling into the square with Pluto right at the time of the full moon, Neptune's getting engaged again. And then within a few days after the full moon, you're going to see Venus 
in Scorpio opposing Uranus and Taurus, right? So that comes through then right around the 22nd into the 23rd, Pluto uh, hits the square, or excuse me, Mercury hits the square to Pluto. We go on and we get to about the last quarter square. And by the last quarter square, then Mercury has turned retrograde and is going back. Whoops. Mercury is going back into the square with Pluto as the last quarter moon and cancer starts to come through. Now, um, we could even go further down the rabbit hole, which is interesting. It's, it's interesting to note that the sun will also be moving into a conjunction with the debilitated Mars at that time. So, I mean, boy, it's, uh, it gets pretty dicey around the end of September. And then, of course, Mercury is retrograding back into the square with Pluto again. And if you take it forward just a little bit further and kind of go down the rabbit hole of the dark moon, when the moon comes all the way back to the sign of Virgo, um, which is, you know, where the cycle began at that point, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm more optimistic. And the reason that I'm optimistic by that time is that, you know, when you have, um, a plant, a debilitated planet like Mars is in the process of being reborn with the sun. Usually there's like a reboot that's going to happen and it might be a little painful with Mars, but you know, a rebirth is ultimately a good thing. We also see Mercury in its retrograde coming through a trine to Jupiter, which seems very positive. Not only that, but as the month of October goes on, Jupiter's going to turn direct and having Jupiter going direct again, and also Saturn's going to be slowing down and eventually turning direct here too. So you've got these two heavy planets retrograding and the month of October, we'll see both of them turn direct under the next lunation cycle. I also really like the next lunation cycle because as the new moon comes through, you're also going to see the ruler of that cycle, Venus, who's been debilitated in a Mars ruled sign, suggesting a lot of conflict in relationships. That's really kind of the bottom line that I'm going to talk about in a minute. But you see within October's new moon cycle, it starts right around October 6th. The ruler of that cycle um, is popping in from Venus is going from a debilitated sign into Jupiter's sign with reception in a sextile to Jupiter and Saturn and Aquarius who are also both turning direct. So I'm looking for there to be kind of a breakdown um, in a number of different areas of our lives, uh, you know, or a stalling out or um, some frustrations or delays or shifts of, um, you know, kind of a shifts of direction that might be challenging or unexpected it's from about, you know, the full moon of this cycle, right around, let's just say right around the 20th of this month, all the way through the early part of October, then that new moon cycle comes in in October. And you do, I start to feel like there's, there's a rebirth happening here. Um, if you track out the lunar cycle, um, you know, once the moon gets into Sagittarius, right around October 10th, thereabouts, um, the sun, you have, um, Mars and, uh, the sun conjoining. And then that's, that's a moment of rebirth for Mars, which is actually positive, but you'll notice like right around October 9th, one other really interesting thing here is you can see a triple conjunction between Mercury retrograde and it's, it's Kazemi. So you've got two planets that are actually sort of like, um, moving through the Kazemi with the sun simultaneously, Mars, Mercury, and the sun in Libra fascinating dynamic. It'll be really interesting to unpack that one. I've got to, I personally believe that these are going to be, um, 
uh, uh, kind of lifting energies that'll start to transform things for the better if there's been difficulties from say late September. So anyway, that's kind of my broad breakdown, but I wanna go back to talking about what to expect from the transits uh, of this moon cycle, which are going to be coming up you know, pretty quickly here in the next couple of weeks. So when we get, especially to Mercury's square to Pluto, um, this is to me the defining part of this lunar cycle. Um, let's just pull it up again and I'll show you. So this is happening essentially right as the full moon is coming through. So you can see Mercury squaring Pluto right as the moon is in Pisces, starting to oppose the sun. Um, there's a number of signs that are all here for us if we're paying attention. One is, hey, look, Mars is debilitated in Venus's sign. Oh, hey, look, Venus is debilitated in Mars's sign. They have mutual reception by debility. Here's diplomatic Mercury trying to work something out, but it's running into the power, intensity, depth, catharsis, darkness of Pluto. At the same time, Venus is going through this huge catharsis with an opposition to Uranus. So I look at this and I go, it's just, it's prime time for some kind of breakdown in communications, um, whether you're talking about business or romantic relationships or, um, you know, family di dynamics, whether you're talking about some kind of procedural change that's happening in the workplace or a shift or change in organization or structure, but probably there's a real human element in this. It wouldn't just be, um, you know, like, like um, it wouldn't just be something that was technical or intellectual or theoretical or structural. Those things could be there, but the reason that probably has a real human element is because of the dynamics you're seeing. Everything's Venus. Everything's about Venus. Mercury's in Venus's sign. Venus is opposing Uranus in Venus's sign. Mars is debilitated in Venus's sign. So if you're looking at um, a conflict of values, a conflict of interest, um, if you're talking about uh, the potential for there to be sudden unexpected changes in key relationships in your life, uh, you know, the need for diplomacy and tact. Uh, I could see this being a moment where um, things regarding women and um, the goddess in general are, you know, sort of at a fever pitch in the collective. Uh, we're already seeing a little bit of that as Mercury is in the sign of the balance. You're talking about uh, women's rights, laws related to abortion, um, and things like that. So this is there's already something like that in the collective here in the United States. You're seeing things related to women and the um, the Taliban in Afghanistan, um, and these are things again. Like I, I tell I tell people all the time, I'm not really a news watcher anymore at this point. I've had a I've kind of I've taken a sabbatical, but I see things. Of course, I'm I'm always sort of in the loop because of social media. I see what people are sharing and talking about and kind of get a sense of it. And then if something looks like it's, you know, it's really standing out, I'll do a little reading or whatever, but um, you can see in the collective, the, the, the something starting to cook really intensely around the topic of Venus. Now that can extend into things like sexuality, uh, romantic relationships. It can extend into just ordinary breakdowns of um, communication in key relationships at work or in other areas of your life. Um, I think that Mercury is going to have to adjust, like Mercury is going to try to um, negotiate and <clears throat> make things work for multiple different people or multiple different types of people with different values and ideas. 
<clears throat> excuse me, and some, some, there's going to be some unavoidable conflicts of ideology um, or conflicts of interest um, politically or professionally or financially, um, or also kind of key, key issues that are coming up and driving a wedge between people or triangulating people. I'd be very careful this month with this lunar cycle about getting in the middle of things with other people. Or um, also what happens to me, I have a few planets in Libra in my chart. And one of the things that I've noticed happens is, you know, I have lots of different friends in my life who have lots of different perspectives on things. And I, I kind of, you know, I'll, I'll find myself shape shifting and being sympathetic and kind of just open to what my friends are into or what their beliefs are, what they're currently passionate about or whatever. And, um, you know, sometimes I, I will find that it's probably important that I not act as though I, I should share something of my own views. And sometimes there's this need, this feeling of like just being a good listener or facilitating or, you know, kind of, uh, keeping kind of, kind of keeping an open mind and being objective. Then there's some times where it's like, I, I probably ought to, I probably ought to insert my own feelings or ideas or thoughts at some point here. If I don't, it feels like I'm betraying something of my own perspective. Um, even if it might be different from my friends, you know, or something like that. Um, so you can easily, it can easily be the case where like, you feel like, Hey, you know, I can be like a neutral mediator between two people at work or, you know, hey, I can, uh, I, I can um, walk both sides of something, and that actually may not work. There, there may be some way in which you have to take a stand or be more deliberate or decisive about something, and that could come up specifically because, you know, Venus and Mars are mutually debilitated in each other's signs, and kind of, it's kind of like there's some conflicts that are just unavoidable. At the same time. Um, I think that there may be unusual or unexpected ways in which we find ourselves needing to agree with or work with people who are different from ourselves. And these are the challenges that, I, that I'm seeing around late September, early October with this moon cycle. I think this is the peak of this moon cycle. So I guess my, my advice for everybody going into this is to just make sure that um, diplomacy is not... Um, you're not being diplomatic be, just because there's a fear of um, letting your own views or um, your own interests be known or felt within a situation. Um, sometimes there's going to be a, a tendency to pr protect your own viewpoint or your own position at the cost of being honest or at the cost of, um, you know, getting entangled in other people's dramas or getting triangulated in, into a, some kind of situation. On the other hand, um, you know, there might be some some way in which um, very hard, what feel like very entrenched, hardened views are are needing to come toward one another a little bit more, and it might be painful to um, kind of find the reconciliation is something that we all might be looking for toward the end of the month. And in order to do so, we may have to sacrifice or compromise something of our own stake or investment in, in a situation. We may have to yield or give up something, uh, some ground to a, a perceived opponent or, uh, you know, it could, that opponent could be like, you know, your kids or your, your spouse or, you know, a, a, a colleague or something like that, that you really care about too. So at any rate, um, 
it will be interesting to revisit these dynamics toward the end of the month. And I can't wait to hear about um, how everyone actually experiences this transit. It's always um, really good to hear your stories. Um, when I see a moon cycle like this ahead, I also think to myself, it's right now, not then, but right now that I need to um, step up my spiritual practices. I mean, my spiritual practices are, are daily, so it's not like they change a lot in terms of what I do. My regiment is pretty much fixed. But it usually for me, what it means is the attentiveness and the presence that I have within those practices, because they can very easily become sort of, um, you know, sort of rote and um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they can they can become a little stale. And so right now, I'm I because if I get to those weeks at the end of September, and and then I'm like, oh, boy, I'm I'm getting walloped by the planets, you know, the, the grahas have me, you know, they're, they're grabbing my consciousness. And then I start meditating a little bit more. Then I start becoming more present and urgent. The thing is, is that I don't want my spiritual practice to be a place of constant petitionary prayers. Oh, please help me universe. I'm, I'm spun out. No, it's like, I want to be aware of the spin out energy coming a few weeks beforehand so that as it's coming, I can walk through it and it's not going to grab me as intensely. And that's because, um, you know, I study the planets and I go, okay, I know this is coming. So I can already start to see some of the fault lines. For example, I'm frustrated with some of the contractors that we're working with on the landscaping. You know, sometimes I look outside and it looks like nothing's happening for days at a time. And then, you know, so it's like, I can already see myself. The project is behind schedule this time. It's going to come up and it's going to be even more behind schedule. And then I'm going to want to get upset and, you know, whatever, like, um, potentially, um, you know, uh, be too demanding or something like that. So you can feel some of these fault lines, they might be growing already. And the point is that it's a good time to just sit down and take the chill pill of your spiritual practices. If our spiritual practices only emerge in reactionary moments that make us, you know, wring our hands and cry out to the heavens and be like, help me, I'm spun out. You know, the message that I've gotten from my spiritual teachers, the planets themselves over the years is like, this is why it has to be daily because then you can move through these times really intelligently and sensitively. But if you're not doing that, how could you expect? It's like, it's like someone, you know, making a new year's resolution because they're sick of being like having that extra poundage that they don't want. And then being like, I'm just going to go all out right now in, in January and then, you know, drop off by February or March or whatever, because it's too much to all at once. And it needs to be something that builds gradually and then sustains over a long period of time. I don't know any way in which astrology works unless you're, you're pairing it with some kind of, um, you have to know what the transits are and then have a way of being able to identify them and, and work with them consciously. It's really hard to do that if you're not, you know, taking time to be in the space of your own consciousness every day. Because so, I mean, what our lives every day are mostly filled with just, I have to do this and then I have to do this and then I have to do this. And then at the end of the day or two weeks from now when I'm feeling overwhelmed by the monotony of all of the things to do, then I need a self-care day, right? And then you see people glorifying these kind of bingy narcissistic self-care routines or, or, you know, extravagant things that they'll do for themselves. And it's like, you know, self-care, self-care is something that has to exist in terms of how we create like a 
a rhythm. Self-care is like a time signature for your life. That's the, it's like the drum or the bass beat or something. It's not, it's not something you do because, oh my God, I'm just so exhausted. I mean, I guess there's time for that too, but you know what I mean? So the planets are similar. Um, you know, trying to take a self-care day in late September is going to be too late for most people um, if, if the planets are hitting you hard at that time. So just keep that in mind as the month goes on. Um, manage the conflicts that are starting to arise, the tensions that are starting to arise, the fault lines that are starting to appear. Deal with them now by going inward and letting your heart feel into them and find intelligence, forgiveness, grace, softness, love, compassion, tolerance. You can find those things now. So at any rate, uh, that's what I have for you guys today. Um, I hope that you have a great lunar cycle ahead, and I really look forward to unpacking it with you guys. Lots of transits to come. I have some really great Mars-Neptune stories. I'll be doing another episode with the um, uh, stories that you guys share later this week, so stay tuned for that. I also want to remind everybody, don't forget that my new class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic, is now open for enrollment. Um, I'm going to just show you that on the website really quickly here. Uh, this is my class. It begins every six months. A new section of the program begins. This is a program in ancient Hellenistic astrology with a modern sort of archetypal psychological twist. Um, I love uh, both archetypal astrology and ancient astrology, which is great because when you're what you're really doing when you pair the two together is you're getting a course that is both. Um, rooted in the respect for fate and prediction that ancient astrologers had, which is a key part of doing astrology. People come in and they want to know, you know, at what time in life or what kinds of things going to happen um, with a belief that most people have that elements of our lives are destined or fated. On the other hand, we have free will and knowing how to talk about the transits, the planets, the birth chart, and interact with it psychologically with the belief that we can and will change things about our character and destiny uh, is a part of what psychological astrology is, is so good at. So this class includes both approaches. There are 30 classes on the year plus 12 guest speakers. So you have about 100 hours worth of classroom material. You have breakout study sessions led by some of my tutors throughout the year. Um, you have year-round support from our tutoring staff inside of a chat uh, forum that's available for questions and answers all year round. You have optional reading, um, listening, bonus assignments, uh, bonus quizzes, exercises, flashcards. I mean, like as much or as little as you want. There's an optional certification test at the end that people can take. Some people take it because they want to become a professional. We have a lot of people that come through the program who, um, you know, end up developing their own practice and uh, and their career. Um, lots of great examples. Some of them you guys have met through my Becoming a Professional Astrologer series. Um, the class starts on November 13th. It is on um, Saturdays. And the early bird payment saves you $500 off the cost if you register uh, and use that before the program starts. Um, you can also use a payment plan. And we never like to price people out. Part of my mission in life is to make sure that astrology content and education are accessible to people of all income brackets and, um, and needs. So if you need financial assistance to work with within your budget and the constraints, whatever they might be, uh, try, uh, try out the tuition, the need-based tuition. We have that too. Glad to help people out and make sure that you can study the classes are all recorded. So you can be there live for the webinars on Saturdays, 
or you can follow them along on your own timeline because all the recordings and all the information is posted in um, on, a, on our class website. And again, we also have, you can email me year round with questions. I have a whole staff of tutors that help me now, um, breakout study sessions, stuff like that. So it's an awesome program, a great way to immerse yourself in ancient astrology. At the end of the class, we bring in lots of live clients. You can see the actual, um, both the predictive and the psychological elements of a reading at work with live clients um, and, and get to ask lots of questions about the actual um, reading of charts for other people. It's a great program. I hope to see some of you there. If you have any questions, feel free to email us info at nightlightastrology.com. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll be promoting it between now and November um, pretty regularly. So uh, there's plenty of time to think it over too, and, and feel free to reach out with any questions. All right. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.